quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. It's me again. I'm here. I want to discuss, you know, aggressive behavior. And aggressive behavior is really hard because when we see it, we get really ignited. But I want to reassure you that biting, hitting, kicking, pushing can be, you know, normal behavior for kids who are deeply steeped in fear and are having a hard time. And so it isn't that our kids are these ways and they refuse to cooperate because they don't know that biting or hitting or kicking or being unkind or refusing to cooperate or being defiant or any of those things. It isn't that they don't understand that those things are wrong. I'm going to say it again. It isn't that they don't understand that those things are wrong. They don't do them because they think they're right and that we have to teach them that they are wrong. They do them because they're unable to access their thinking brain, their prefrontal cortex. They're able, they're unable to reason. They're unable to get to their executive functioning skills. They're unable to make sense of whatever is bothering them. And so they display that inability to regulate in a outward aggressive behavior. Now, this isn't all kids. These are only some kids. And so some kids get deemed they're bad. They don't know right from wrong. They need to be punished. They need to be put into line because they don't understand morality. But that's not true. Those kids likely understand morality. In fact, many of them have been probably told a million times, you're not supposed to hit your brother. You're not supposed to kick people. You're not supposed to bite. They've also probably been punished for it. And no amount of telling them or punishing them for it is going to teach them not to do it because it isn't something they need to learn. They already know. This is where society really throws us off. They think we need to teach kids to learn how to behave. But we teach kids to learn how to behave by modeling good behavior ourselves. 
So if you're living in a house and you're modeling great behavior for your children, you're not biting or kicking or hitting or yelling or screaming or threatening or bribing or punishing, then your kids will learn what good behavior is. And they will know deep in their hearts and the soul, their soul what good behavior is. They still might display not so great behavior when they're unable to access their thinking brain. They're just making a poor choice. They're not immoral. There's a huge difference between making a poor choice and being immoral. We make poor choices, right? I've said things I regret to my own kids, to my partners, to my my dad, <laughs> to my sister. I've said things that I regret. It isn't because I don't know that those things are the wrong things to say. It's because I'm in fight, flight, or freeze, and I'm not in my thinking brain. So I don't make a good choice. This is the same idea for our children. So to believe that they need to be punished into to learning what right and wrong is, is as ridiculous as saying, every time you do something that's right and wrong, you should be sent to timeout. And then if you're sent to timeout, then, then you will learn what the difference between right and wrong is. But that's ridiculous, right? You know what right and wrong is. You know it's not nice to say shut up to somebody, but you might say it in the heat of the moment when you're in a bad place, when you're in fight, flight, or freeze. You might say, oh, shut up. You're so annoying. I mean, I might say that. I'd definitely probably say that. Um, But it isn't because I don't know. It's not the right thing to say. It's because I'm in a bad place and I shouldn't be saying that. But I've said some things that that I regret and kids do too. Not to mention my prefrontals fully developed way developed. It's been developed for a long time. Our kids don't have a prefrontal cortex that's developed. They don't have the executive functioning skills and the reasoning skills that we do because their brain isn't fully formed. It's not fully mature. So not only do they go to fight, flight, or freeze, but they also have this brain that is not fully developed so they can't make those good choices all the time. So when we're in these moments these totally dysregulated moments where a child is biting or hitting or kicking or doing the thing that we don't want them to do. And we just want to shake them and say, you can't do that. Don't. Or we want to correct them. We want to say, you can't hit your brother. That's not nice. We don't hit people in our house. Is that the moment to really correct the child? Or is it not the moment to correct the child? Is it the moment to try to get the child back online? And I believe that the latter is true, that we have to try to get the child back online and that if we try to correct the behavior in this moment, not only is it not going to work to help them, you know, get back online, but it isn't going to teach them anything either. There's no lesson to be learned here because it's all a matter of biology. It's all a matter of where the brain's at. And so we don't have to correct them. And, And a lot of parents will say to me, well, is there, should I tell them like, you can't do that? Or should I revisit it later and say, well, you're not supposed to hit or bite or kick. I mean, maybe later, if you really felt the need to, and you really believed in your heart of hearts, your kid didn't know that it wasn't okay to bite or kick or hit. Then maybe if they're really, really little and you think maybe that they, they don't understand cause and effect, maybe in very, very few cases. You might, you know, for older kids, you might say, hey, what happened earlier today? You hit your brother. What happened? You could revisit it in that way, ask questions and have them explain to you. But do you really want to correct them and say you're not supposed to hit your brother? Or do you think they know? And if they know, is there any reason to to tell them? Really, what doesn't work in these moments is punishments. Punishments 
that would might, you know, for some kids, it will just squash them down, right? They're the kid that might withdraw or they might just go into shame and, and shut down completely. Then you've got the kid who might just like totally come out fighting. Like even worse, they're going to be even more angry and upset in the rest of the day or night or or even the week is going to be horrible because they are going to be super ignited because they feel attacked. They feel like it's an attack on their person and strong-willed sensitive kids do that. So telling them that they're wrong really dives them into this idea of shame. And shame is already already exists, right? They already have a natural built-in shame piece, right? They already feel bad about it. When they're left alone and and things settle down, they, I'm sure they feel bad about it. But do they need that extra helping of shame from us? You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. But you know what really works in these moments when a kid is hitting or biting or kicking? is connection. And I know it's really hard to think about connection as your answer because society has told us just the opposite, that we are not to reward bad behavior. I hear this a lot too. Well, isn't that rewarding bad behavior? I'm just curious. I need to really look this up where this came from, rewarding bad behavior. I think it has to come from like Skinnerism and behaviorism, like reward good behavior and punish the bad behavior. And so the opposite would be you're rewarding the bad behavior. And if you do that, then you're going to reinforce it, which makes sense actually. So I'm sure that's where it came from. And that, you know, because behaviorism is such a thing that we believe that we can reinforce behavior. So if you do a good behavior, we're going to reinforce it with praise. If you do a bad behavior, we're going to 
you know, try to squash it out with, with punishments. And so when you have a good behavior and you come to it with connection, people would think that you're reinforcing that bad behavior. I don't see this. I really don't. I see when you have a child who presents aggressively, like they're going to hit or kick or bite. When you can come to them with connection and be like, oh, and you take their little hand and you kiss it all over, or you say, oh, little boys who hit are going to have to get a hug from mommy. When you can go into affection, when you can go into connection, and sometimes that isn't the love language for all kids. And sometimes when you can go into the connection or the affection and they get upset, that can be a good indication that they would need to have a tantrum and that you can lean into that tantrum in those moments. So if you say, oh, little girls who do that are going to have to have a hug from mommy or daddy. And if they say, no, don't hug me. No, no, no. Now you know, okay, there's dysregulation there. Someone's not doing well. And if you can go straight to empathy, I understand. Wow, this is really hard. You're having a hard time, honey. And then you stick in there. It will push them deeper into their feelings, hopefully. And they'll be able to let it out and get it out with your kind, empathic listening. Now, on the other hand, some kids will go for the hugs. And then they'll try to hit again to get more hugs. And when they try to hit again to get more hugs, you dive deeper into that connection because now they're hitting, not because they're being aggressive, not because they're offline, but because they are begging for connection. And that motive is very different. And that's really great because now we know, ah, they're looking for connection. They want it so badly. They are pushing you to give them more. And so then you don't even give them the chance to hit or kick again. You go into a vigorous snuggle and you go into a wrestle and you really spend the time with that child who obviously needs connection in that moment. So that's another way to think of it. When you see a kid who bites or hits or kicks or is aggressive, that is the indicator. Ding, ding, ding. Child needs connection. What can I do? Can I offer special time? Can I come with affection? Do I push them into maybe a tantrum by using empathy? Will that help them move them into the tantrum so that tantrum becomes connected because you're following it up with empathy? All of these things are really helpful when it comes to aggression because instead of coming with punitivity, instead of coming with a punishment or reprimand or correction, you're coming with connection. And that's what kids deeply are are looking for in these off-track moments. They're looking for someone to ground them. They're saying, please help me, see me. I need help. I cannot regulate my feelings. Can you help me regulate using connection? And every kid is different, right? And every situation is different. So one thing might not fit for all, all of these kids or all of these situations. So you have to find the thing that fits for your kid in, in this situation or in many situations. It's always different. But your answer is always connection. It's just which piece of connection will work for you in that moment. So when you see hitting or kicking or biting or aggression, you can think, ah, this is a great opportunity for me to infuse connection into my home. Instead of, oh, my kid's biting. What am I going to do? I'm going to send him to time out. Instead of thinking, how can I get it to stop? They're so bad. I have to find a punishment that works. I have to tell them that they're wrong. Instead of going down that road, if you can flip the script and if you can just come with this idea that, ah, this is a great opportunity for connection. My kid needs me to help them self-regulate. They need me to get in there to build in connection and affection or whatever that piece may look like in order to help them ground themselves. We get ignited when, when, 
we see aggression. And so really thinking about it is this child isn't an abusive child. I hear that too. He's abusing his brother, not abuse. That is dysregulation. That's a kid who's off track, who's not doing well. Abuse is when a full grown adult with a completely developed prefrontal cortex comes in and says, I want to hit this person because I want them to do X, Y, and Z, or because I'm so dysregulated, I cannot function. I'm going to abuse and hit this person because I'm taking out all of my dysregulation on this person and I'm a full-blown adult. That's when we can call it abuse. When a child hits another child or hits a parent or you know, has a dysregulated moment, that doesn't mean they're abusive kids. That means they're having a hard time and they need us to come in and help them stop by using connection. So if you have a kid that bites or hits or kicks, it's okay. They're normal. That happens. But we can help them get out of that. We can help them by using the ideas of connection. I would start first with affection. And if that doesn't work, I would move to one of the other pieces of connection. Okay. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you are here and I hope this was helpful. 